Hey, welcome to Stuff We've Seen with Jim and Teal. This is Jim, and today we've got a little bit of a special for you. Uh, <laughs> oh, look at you already laughing. Uh, that's Teal. And uh, basically... Well, the word special has so many different meanings in this context, so... <laughs> well, uh, <laughs> okay, we're not going to get off track. Uh, <laughs> the special is we thought it would be fun to uh, Netflix and chill, as they say, um, and that we know that you're all stuck at home. And you're looking for things to watch. So we decided that we would select a movie and we're doing it through this thing called Netflix Party where we can watch the movie together at the same time. We love Netflix Party. It's a party. Shout out to Netflix Party. (laughs) Download the Chrome extension. It works really well, seamlessly. Now, you don't have to do that in order to to, for this exercise. Uh, No, 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 no. But essentially what's going to do is we're going to go through a movie. We're going to provide our own commentary. It'll be a little bit of a commentary, a little bit of Mystery Science Theater 3000, uh, a little (laughs) bit of stuff we've seen. And we'll tell you when to hit play. We'll tell you what the movie's going to be. And you can then watch the movie. And I don't know how you're going to hear us, but you can maybe have us on like a speaker or something. And you can uh, watch the movie with our commentary. Um, I think it's the legal way that we can do it (laughs) because we're not going to have the movie going on in this podcast. Just know that this is what the film is and when it's going to start. And this is weird. You know, there's so many movies that we could choose on Netflix um, (laughs) for various value. I mean, we could do a very serious conversation or we could do something that's just goofy and fun. But for some reason, we've decided to select <laughs> the 1984 John Milius classic, Red Dawn. <laughs> I know you're laughing. Said, you know what? I, I think the reason is that A, um, it, well, it's not a pandemic movie, but it's, you know, no. it's a country under siege. <laughs> it's a country under siege, yeah. Um, it's classic uh, sort of early 80s uh, Reagan propaganda, right wing, uh, USA, go, go, go. Uh, exactly. Anti-Russian, all that fun stuff. Um, from the classic noted right-wing director, John Milius. Yep. Um, this was sort of in his heyday. He had just finished directing Conan the Barbarian, and that was a hit. Well, he didn't finish. I mean, that was a few years before, but th- right. this was his next big feature. And, uh, you know, we're going to get into all those details as the movie goes. Uh, but for those who haven't seen it, it may be fun to hear us talk about it w- with you, or maybe you have seen it and be like, well, why would we pick this film? And maybe, <laughs> maybe you'll get some insight there. Well, I'll give one hint as to why we picked this film. Oh, okay. I think we both saw it in the theater as teenagers. Well, yes, it's a seminal, I guess, movie in our in our education. Exactly, and so we have some sort of personal connection to it. It's not just totally random, but yes, we, not necessarily my favorite movie of all time. But. Oh God, no. <laughs> Good God, let's not get confused here. Yeah, it's we're a, we we're not doing this to celebrate Red Dawn. Um, uh, but we thought it would just, it just, it ticks a lot of boxes that we thought would be fun. And it's playing right now on Netflix, yeah. the 1984, not this remake that happened a few years ago. Forget that. This is the original um, with, you know, pre, 1984, pre yeah. Brat Packers and other like, you know, big icons of the eighties. Uh, we're going to talk about them all and we're going to get ready. So grab some popcorn and uh, settle in and get yourself queued up for Red Dawn and get ready to hit play now. Oh. Oh, look at that. There's the uh, Diamond Jubilee. There's the line. <laughs> 60 years of great entertainment. Now, was that 60 years in 84, I suppose? I think 75 oh, years is actually the Soviet Union oh. suffers. Labor and food riots in Poland. Soviet troops invade. 
Cuba, Nicaragua reached troop strength goals of half a million. Oh, that's enough to take over a big country. This doesn't even make sense. Greens Party gained control of West (laughs) German Parliament. I knew they were just biding their time. Oh, Mexico plunged into a revolution. Yep, Mexico becomes socialist. They dissolved NATO. Yep, just like that. U.S. stands alone. Ooh. Oh, this is dramatic. I I, know. you know, they're showing, remember this, this. they're showing this purple sky stuff. They didn't film things like that. <laughs> Actually, airline industries would film all of these things. Oh, yes. Yep. And they would, uh, you, you would get it from the airline industry. And... Oh, wait, wait, sorry. But look at this, this Red Dawn logo. That's like Flashdance <laughs> font. It looks exactly like Flashdance. <laughs> like, well, you know, is, is, this, is this the invasion happening? Is this like, are we the from the point of view I'm of the Russians? I'm thinking it is. And the music's by Basil Papadalis. Uh, maybe not his best effort. I think Conan the Barbarian. Arian, which he had worked with John Milius before, was his best okay. uh, score effort. Oh, I know it's so it's so patriotic already. We we missed the casting people, but uh, quite a cast in this movie. No, did they actually even show the uh, actors yet? No, no, no. But they showed the cast the casting director. Oh, so kudos yeah. to them for uh, kudos to them for putting together such a. Uh, See, look at that story by Kevin Reynolds. Yes, director of Waterworld. That's right. But John Milius helped uh, brush up. <laughs> right. Really. Yes. Probably didn't have the right right wing feel to it. So, <laughs> you know, I know a build from Queens is probably like jumping out of a seat that we're doing this. <laughs> he loves he loves John he Milius. Does. Oh, this takes place in September, I guess. So. Oh, well, that's good to know. Yeah. I was. Yeah. You can see it actually looks like September. Yep. Very nice and calm. Look at that beautiful USA this downtown. Is, <laughs> this is what America is. But now it looks like this place actually looks a little depressed well no it's just your classic quaint all-american look at that the nice house yeah kid on the a clabbered bike. house he's actually delivering something it's called a newspaper doesn't exist anymore yeah those uh, no the the russians got rid of newspapers after they took over oh this is this is a classic uh, oh, oh yes moment. this is <laughs> <laughs> gotta make sure you get your teddy roosevelt rough rider yeah, statue in here exactly and just kind of this uh <laughs> dare my name. <laughs> okay so yeah you gotta get in this sort of worship of military might now what i like about this screenplay i think this is sort of a note for all screenwriters is that rather than 20 to 30 minutes of like setting up all of these uh characters that you're gonna have to get involved in yeah it has one of the shortest uh inciting incidents of all time it takes like five minutes exactly now, you see, none of these, like, cool, hip nerds that are going to, like, uh, fight the Russians, these are all <laughs> American jocks. That's the yes. way the early 80s went. Oh, yeah, the early 80s was, and, and that pickup truck, too, was like, we look at it now and we go, God, that guy is kind of a, you know. There's a pre-life uh, got to him Charlie Sheen. Oh, Genghis Khan. I know. Look at the Han periods. <laughs> <laughs> These are like John Milius obsessions. Yes. You can... And and take a good look at the uh, teacher here. I think he is going to be the only uh, <laughs> African American character in the story. In, in Calumet, Colorado. He's the one. Uh, and doesn't he get, well, I won't. Yeah, ruin we'll ruin it. In two minutes, there's going to be a spoiler. <laughs> two minutes. Oh. But that's right. That was so great is that, you know, rather than, again, build up all these tensions, if you walked in and the credits had already went on, you would have had none of that exposition about what was going to happen. <laughs> yeah, and it was a bunch of exposition, but... That kid there that they just showed here, the tapping yeah. the pencil on his chin, he was in The Outsiders. He was one of the Soshis. 
Oh, okay, yeah. yeah. And that was only a year before this movie came out. Now you can hear in the background, you can start to hear jets you can, and stuff. You can hear the, yeah, you can hear, oh, oh. and here we Whoa, go. Oh, hey, I see it. <laughs> Just like <laughs> what that. What a parachute uh, coming out. Uh, now, by the way, this is this classroom, to me, if you were going to do a movie about the 80s, this is what a classroom looked like. This is what Absolutely, my memory yeah. is of how, even like yeah. the lighting of the, of the classroom looked like how the lighting was. <laughs> this is just hysterical. Uh, I mean, <laughs> all I remember it was very fascinating as a kid when I was, saw this is like, but I was even thinking at 14 years old, I was like, how did they get through our radar systems? I thought we had like advanced radar detection. Well, in order to buy into the concept of this movie, there's so much sus- suspension of disbelief necessary. Uh, <laughs> okay, here we go. <laughs> yep. Here we go. The one black actor in the movie. Looks like he's going to be a hero. He wants to know what's going on. Ouch. Wow. And look at that. This was all unexpected. I think this was, as a kid, seeing this movie. Look, there's a dead kid there. I know. And then they actually will cut and they'll show him. Look at that. Uh, This is a PG-13 movie, which is a time to say this was the very first PG-13 movie. Now, why? <laughs> why are they killing everybody? I don't know. I guess to cause Why fear? are they killing everyone? Why are they going for the school? It, it makes no sense. Co- I don't know. Okay, the jocks are going to find a way. They're going to get yes. out. Because he's got his Letterman shirt on. So or he's, Yep, that, that protects you. Yep. <laughs> Up duck. <laughs> <laughs> well, see, in a Bonneville, it was practically bulletproof. So they were safe inside it, the car. It's going to be fine. <laughs> it, the, the Bonneville will be fine after this. What, they're not driving it? It looks... Looks like it could go wow. a few miles, maybe not. Oh, but, you know, where, where was he? Like, how did he come back to the school? Did he see the parachutes <laughs> coming from the sky? And... <laughs> and they've got RPGs. Now, I see. I keep seeing oh, this rope classic. Drink. You blow up the school bus. That's yeah, like... What, uh, what are they trying to do? They're saying, uh, capitalist American schools must pay. Up, oh, there's more for the big <laughs> there's drop. More, they're not on military installations, but you know, go for the schools. Right, Shock right. Off. Don't don't go for the don't go for the government. Oh, but there's Teddy Roosevelt overlooking <laughs> the gun. They can have my gun when they pry from my this. cold I dead love fingers. This. Oh, do they show somebody with there's, the cold dead fingers? Yes, yes, <laughs> yes. Oh, and he steps on it. Yes. Oh, now there's some propaganda for you. That is some amazing. That I remember that so vividly <laughs> the first time I saw this movie because I actually knew people who had that bumper sticker. Oh, I bet you did. <laughs> Now, they're not shooting at these guys. <laughs> There's a lot of blowing up and destruction. Wow. Yeah. So the. Yeah, they're just. They're, oh, my God. This is terrible. So earlier in the summer, there was a slew of uh, violent films that came out. Indiana Jones and yes. Temple of Doom and, and uh, Gremlins and even Ghostbusters they didn't think was appropriate for kids. So. They finally, after getting so many complaints from parents, they said, we need a new rating. And a PG-13 rating was born. And the first film that had already been, I guess, slated for rated R was this film. And it got slapped with a PG-13. Yeah, the first first PG-13 movie. Yeah. Well, Patrick Swayze looks concerned, but he sees those mountains. (laughs) 
I, I, I mean, I, I'm just dumbfounded by the concept here. What? Uh, and I probably will be for the entire movie. Why are they taking over this town? Why not take over the Air Force well, Base? I mean, Why? I think we're seeing a, a microcosm of the invasion. I don't think it's just this one town, right? right? Okay. Uh, no, it's not just this town. It's going on all over the country, but that's my point. Why are they taking over towns all over the country? Why? Yeah, well, why? they had a half a million invasion force. <laughs> I guess that's true. So they're sending in 500,000 troops. And as we know, America spreads their troops all over the world and not necessarily yeah. in the United States. But, oh, you got to have a football and some Coca-Cola. <laughs> got to have the Coca-Cola. <laughs> yeah, you're stocking on supplies. You know, and Sprite. That's good. Uh, uh, Sprite. Uh, two cases of Sprite. Yeah, a lot of arrows. Oh, this will, they'll never see them now. Yeah. Now that they put their heads down. <laughs> nope, they never answered the question. No. What was up with that helicopter? I don't know, but they're getting them. You know, it's a good thing they have the hunting skills. They're going to need that. Well, and this guy's not coming with them? Well, well he's going to come and get them soon enough, he says. Oh, okay. <laughs> Bye-bye. See you soon. Well, it's amazing that they know to they know to do this. Well, they've been, you know. Well, remember, though, in the early 80s, we were always thinking about, well, we were thinking about yeah. nuclear war, but. Uh, well, no, but like after this movie, I think even before this movie, there was a kid in my school, uh, fifth or sixth grade, uh, during the Cold War. So it was before this movie. Um, but he, uh, he really thought that the Russians had sleeper agents in every town in America. <laughs> Didn't they make a show right now, the Americans, that's based on that? Yeah, but but that's not like in every town in America. <laughs> oh, and see, look, at they yeah. cut out all the access. <laughs> yep. They, every they, road in and out of this they're town. They're going to spend they, all of their military might to get this one pickup truck. Like, well, that's the thing. What I mean, <laughs> why are they so concerned about it? There's got to be people driving all oh, over the place. It is one of ours. It is one of ours, too. Yes. All right. USA fights back. It's kind of like uh, Lord of the Rings, where just about when they were going to get killed, something swoops in to save them. Like, yes. about a thousand times in all of the sequels. And look at how excited they are to be shooting at people. Now, you know, they made a remake of this movie, which I didn't see and I won't see because this is just too darn perfect. Yeah. But why not make an entire, like, series of red i feel like this would be great it would be a great series you're right you know because you yeah. can really build into like what why i mean you know especially where if you could take today's president uh compromised by the russians a russian invasion <laughs> would probably be easier <laughs> it would be a completely different kind of movie it would just be the entire government supports russia suddenly yeah hail hydra it, it well it would be like uh it, it would be like a vichy government right right which by the way this was charlie sheen's first film Yes. Yeah. Um, another interesting note, while this movie had premiered on August 10th, 1984. Wait, he, what? What was going on there? He was peeing on the radiator? Yeah, he had to cool it down. <laughs> he had to cool it down. And so there's just war in the streets, but there's no... There's one helicopter There's one helicopter. Against. But who are they shooting at? They're shooting at the helicopter? They're just... Oh, From time to time, we have the uh, hero helicopter. <laughs> oh, stepping through the smoke is oh, Superfly himself, Ron Neal. <laughs> it is. It's, it's Ron Neal, the Superfly. 
I know, no, I know, but just look how evil he looks. He you does. got the low angle. Yep. Evil Latin American. Yep. Yeah, and that's what's interesting is uh, where are these guys from? Nicaragua, Honduras? Yeah, but see, this is exactly why Trump wanted to build the wall. He remembered this movie yes. and he didn't want it to happen. <laughs> he wants to keep these guys. Yeah, I don't know yeah, how to so keep the helicopters from dropping paratroopers off over there. Yankee but, you know. tanks. <laughs> oh, they only have a few anti-tank missiles left because they wasted it all on that pickup truck. <laughs> Trying to get that pickup truck. <laughs> oh. Wait until the Yankees approach to strike, <laughs> then attack them in force. This guy's smart. He, <laughs> so <laughs> they put this guy, this colonel is in charge. Yeah, well, this, His entire yeah. job is to take over Calumet, Colorado. Yep. <laughs> uh, go to the sporting goods store. We need some of those oh, footballs. Wait, well, this is great. This is great. Oh, that's right. They want to get those files. See, this is exactly why gun owners don't want registrations. Because exactly. They... Because the Russians will come and get the registration exactly. information. And then they're going to find you. <laughs> and this guy even knew which form they would have at the sporting goods store. Yep. Well, they've been planning the invasion. It, uh, it makes no sense. Well, we don't know because that's why a great series would be where they could show the planning yeah. stages. That would be done in flashbacks, of course. Look at C. Thomas Howell. He's representing. He's got the Star yes. Wars hat on. Uh, now, C. <laughs> Thomas Howell and Patrick Swayze, at this very moment that this movie came out, were also in a film. It was not a hit. It was called Grandview USA, and that was playing in theaters uh, at the exact same time. No kidding. Yep. Okay. Um, also, uh, two movies that opened the same day as Red Dawn, Cannonball Run 2 and Revenge of the Nerds. Oh, interesting. Yeah, Cannonball Run 2 was not a... Everyone I knew was going to see Red Dawn, though. Well, of course. Uh, everyone. But by the way, do you know, because I, I, I looked up and saw the um, <laughs> the uh, movie posters that were in the paper during this yeah. day. Do you know what, were the, what was the unofficial Summer Games movie of 1984? No. Gremlins. <laughs> but it but it warned don't take them to the swimming competition <laughs> true story what is going on here oh looks like he's kicking them out of the gang all right calm down swayze oh he's saying you don't want to be part of my crew you're out get out yeah then for yourself you're with us or against us all right calm down swayze could be russians he already knows Yep. Uh oh, this guy. I've seen him before, but I don't know what. Yeah. Uh, we gotta get those jackets. <laughs> I know. I, this is such classic jackets. With that I, I think I had one like that with the stripes across there <laughs> and the zip-off sleeves. Uh oh. Okay, calm down, Swayze. <laughs> um. <laughs> Swayze is the adult in charge. Yes. He's the AIC. And with that hairdo. Swayze looks pretty good in this. I guess I say. did He's, like him. Well, like Amy was in the outsiders. Yeah. Anytime you had a bunch of teens and you needed to have an adult figure, right. Swayze was yeah. your man. Yep. <laughs> and he was doing these kind of parts pretty much up until Ghost. Oh right. Yeah. Yep. 
Oh, there's another one. It's not one of my favorite movies, but it would probably be fun to do if people enjoy this is to do Roadhouse. <laughs> oh, Roadhouse. Yeah, I, w- I wouldn't be surprised if there's a lot of podcasts that have done Roadhouse. Have they, though? though? I, mean, I don't know. Maybe. It's a classic now, so. But we got to put our spin on it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay, so they, I mean, it's kind of amazing that, like you said, we're, you know, 16, 17 minutes into the movie. And they're having this conversation. Yeah, because usually, like the standard screenplay rule of thumb is that by 20 minutes or 20 pages that you need to kick your film into the second gear. Something has to happen that will, you know, get the narrative going. But we already had that happen in the first five minutes. Yeah. Now, there is also, after the inciting incidents, there's always a period of debate. And that's what we're in right now. Uh where the heroes debate what they're going to do next. Well, whether they're going to fight or, or fall back. Right. This is like, uh, this is Marlin in finding Nemo deciding whether he's going to follow Dory or not. Intriguing, sir. And then they choose a course of action and that's sort of the first act turning point. Oops. He can hear those jets again. Yeah. The omnipresent sound, foreboding jets. Oh, there's that purple sky. Now we're in October, one month later. It's October suddenly. Yeah, and this is where people are like, okay, do we have to stay in house anymore? Can we go back to the bowling alley? So. uh, (laughs) (laughs) We've been indoors long enough. (laughs) I need a haircut. Exactly, yeah. That's one thing they're not showing here, probably. I've learned that future pandemic movies and other Armageddon things need to show how people's facial hair. <laughs> exactly. Did. Yeah. Oh, they got a deer. Oh, is this where they drink the blood? This had a big impact on me. I did not say oh, I wanted yeah. to drink deer blood, but I was very fascinated by the idea. Uh, that, me too. Totally fascinated ugh, by getting, it. Getting the willies. Just thinking about that. Yep. Jedediah Smith. <laughs> and of course, his name is Jed. Oh, look, no one's going to get see them with these pine trees uh, disguised <laughs> no, that they got on. <laughs> well, you don't have the camo. They didn't have all that camo. And they have then. new they have new coats now. Yep. Well, they, you know. Oh, no, he's still got his other. Yeah, uh, but uh, Swayze's got his trade in his puffy coat for a leather jacket. <laughs> he's going full Fonzie on us. <laughs> Oh, we God, have full just, on I remember this scene so vividly. Yep. I saw this film by myself. I was a nerd. And I went opening day and I sat in a big crowded theater in the afternoon, three o'clock show. And I was very worried that PG-13, even though I was 14, I didn't know if it was yeah. like rated R. We'd have to show some kind of ID to prove. Oh, God. Oh, this just, just seeing the blood is, in the cup. Because it looks like real blood. I, yeah. This is stomach. Ugh. Ugh. Oh, it's what it's, oh, it's dripping. Oh, he's dripping all over his chin. Nasty. Yeah, look at that. You're a man. Now he's like, I'm going yep. to puke. Now you can kill Russians. Yep. Unfortunately, the deer had a virus and now see Tom Sal's a zombie. <laughs> That's a different movie. Wait, there's a movie with C. Thomas Howell as a zombie? Because <laughs> <No. laughs> it wouldn't surprise Actually, me. Actually, no, if... that's not true. There was a thing about these killer donuts from a couple years ago and he was in... <laughs> what? Oh, it's terrible. We couldn't get through it. It was too terrible. He still exists? He does. I mean, he's making, you know, on the fringe films, but uh, good old Campbell's. Well, wait, why are they making their soup when they just hunted a deer? Well, it's the last of it. And they're, oh, that's the last of it. We just killed a deer, but let's well, eat the last of our soup. I think this is future. You know, bad editing. <laughs> they need food. 
maybe the scene was supposed to come before the deer. Yeah. You know, sometimes that happens. You only notice it when you're analyzing a, a film like <laughs> we are right now. And wait, if they built themselves a little structure here? Uh, yeah. Or did they have, or, or did they camp? take over? Yeah. I don't know. These are questions. Not well explained. Oh, the aftermath. <laughs> Desolation. This is just hilarious that this place oh, was turned Oh, they decided to come a- down off the mountain, just like Jesus did after 40 days. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, wasn't that Moses? No, Jesus. Oh, Don't you know Jesus, your yes. Old and New Testament, Old Testament Not- Moses? He probably came off after 40 yeah. days, too. He had, he had stone tablets. Jesus just had himself and his awesomeness. These guys just have hunting rifles. Yeah. That's, well, that's, that's the Jesus of today. Amer- right? Jesus Americans would... don't need stone tablets. That guy in the white coat, he's like a sitting duck. He's standing on top of a tank. He's going to get yeah. shot. <laughs> Look, would... there's cars going by in the background. Yeah, right. See, they life is normal. <laughs> oh, but wait, they're going to take a look. That would be great if they came back and life had returned to normal. <laughs> yeah. That would be a great ending. Like the fight has happened without them. Yep. Oh, yeah. See, they think everything's normal. Hey, sim down. Thanks, Charlie. A lot of troops. I'm trying to figure out what's going on here. Oh, well, that's what the characters are, too. See, don't you see you're, you're, you're steeped into you're the right. mystery? Uh, wait, that car was hysterical. <laughs> Oh, man, they got Daryl's dad's oh, car. Oh, this, this has gone too far. Yeah. Daryl's dad. Oh, look What's, at it. Oh, 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 Alexander, Alexander Nevsky, Nevsky. mission free. Well, that's because <laughs> communism things are free. But you have to watch Alexander Nevsky movies. Oh, there's a curfew. Yep. Yeah. Okay, so now they're under Soviet control. Yep. Oh, and they got Lenin posters. I mean, come on. Yes. <laughs> I don't even think they had Lenin posters up like oh, the new man arises. No. Oh, this is so great. From the ashes of capitalism. Oh, and now they're burning books. Oh, all those capitalist books. Those are all business books they're getting rid of. Yeah. <laughs> what color is your parachute? Oh, my gosh. This is hilarious. Oh, yeah. There's an, wait. Uh, oh. Oh, shush, shush. They got guard. They only have half a million force and they're able to put a guard in a convenience store. That's every moment in this movie. It just strains my disbelief. Well, but did it at the age of 14 or 13 when you saw it? Uh, No, it didn't. I really, I thought this was a possibility. I thought this was like a realistic uh, imagining. I, I even then knew that it was definitely a stretch, but I had a good time watching it. <laughs> I thought it was a good movie. Yeah, I mean, I think I thought it was a stretch, but at this point, it's like scene after scene is ridiculous. Um, but yeah, like I was saying, there was this kid in my school who really was afraid of a Russian invasion. And... <laughs> oh, yeah, there was a kid that we met, like, this was right before I went to high school, I guess, or... No, I guess it was two years, but this kid, when we got to high school, he was from the other junior wait, high. Wait, wait, have they turned the drive-in into a prisoner camp? Yes, don't you remember? I always thought this part was really weird, because then they're like basically showing like re-education films and stuff. Yeah. 
I like how these guys are basically able to just wander through town. Yeah, that's where we get to see Harry Dean Stanton, right? Yeah. He was everywhere in 84. I just How long has it been man. since you saw this? Oh, you know, not as not as many years ago as you might think. I think I caught this okay. about a decade ago. <laughs> they kept all those white conservative guys behind bars. They knew they'd be no yes. in trouble. See, now, if there was a remake uh, for, for my Envision series, they would basically blow everybody at Fox News away. <laughs> like, they'd come in and just be like, you capitalist scum. I think they would just take over Fox News and turn it into communist propaganda, and most of the viewers would go right along with it. That's probably true. <laughs> oh, look, they there's Harry Dean Stanton. Oh, bleeding. Yeah. Must have been roughed up for not enjoying the night's program. Oh, I love the word, Daddy. <laughs> Daddy, is that you? Oh, listen to what Harry has to say. <laughs> Notice how, like, they, I mean, where have they been taking a shower? Why is their hair so nice and neat? <laughs> oh, they've been. I mean, look at those two. Well, their hair. They <laughs> stocked up on Sprite and soap, <laughs> shampoo. They've been bathing in the mountain streams. He's trying to tell them, this is what we've been fighting for. This is what the Russians will do to you. Okay, let's let's listen to this for a second. If it, if it... Oh. Oh. Oh, Harry. He's doing a good... Oh, this is oh, good. Oh, yeah, this is a good one. Oh, Charlie Sheen's losing it. Oh, and there's tears coming oh. all out of Swayze's eye. One eye only. Does he die now? I think he just knows that they're going to probably kill these people. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Don't you mind yourself about your mother. I guess she didn't make it. <laughs> oh, see, I love to say the, anything. I love the fencing. They're, they're getting a lot of FaceTime here with Harry Dean and no guard yeah, has come over and said, who are you kids on the other <laughs> side of the fence? Yeah, the fence is just so great over his face close up like that. You could make the point that it is the teens who are in prison by the facts. Exactly. And that the freedom yep. is coming on the other side <laughs> from the re-education. Well, it's, it's funny because they made a double fence just so they could shoot it this way. Yeah, because it's... It, it... <laughs> See, Thomas Hall is just bewildered in... Oh. Yeah, that's sort of his whole thing. That's 
Oh. Oh. And thus the Wolverine was born. Yep, here we go. Because defending your country is really about vengeance. And now they're going off to a farm. Yeah, they... <laughs> oh, is this where they've been... Oh, yeah. Is this Ben Johnson? Yep, this is Ben Johnson. What is... These people have just been fine the whole well, time? Well, I guess they decided after the initial kill, they would leave some people, just keep them, you know. I still don't understand why they shot the teacher. Shock and awe, I told you. Yep. He's laughing. He's like, you need some females. I got some. You just wait. <laughs> In the basement. Oh, geez. It's only 40 miles. Well, they only had enough troops to secure a chunk <laughs> of the United States. <laughs> well, maybe if they didn't have uh, uh, one soldier in every convenience store. Well, maybe what they were doing is trying to, to sort of expand the south and reclaim land that Mexico <laughs> had originally had, which would have been all America, I guess. Well, I think that's, yeah. I mean, Mexico had a socialist revolution, so they are involved in this. Yeah. But I mean, you know, they're like making Latin America kind of move back and like reclaim what land. So they probably took New Mexico right. and Colorado and Arizona. I, I like how like. <laughs> oh, God, they got a sour leaf cake. That's all they need. They got a lot of jars. These people have been preppers. I like how the. Global, the, the geopolitical situation has completely collapsed. Uh, NATO has collapsed, but America is just fine and going about its average day in the 80s, even though the entire global system has collapsed and is. <laughs> uh oh. Uh, Don't ask those questions, C. Thomas. Ouch. Oh, now he's crying. We don't have time to cry. Aiden the gorillas. Yeah. This is some... He's the wise and old Ben Johnson. Yeah. He's kind of like the snowman. I think Rudolph. this scene, though, the... Uh... What we're seeing from C. Thomas Howell here is explains uh, why his career went the way it did. No, I think there's a movie that came out a year or so later called Soul Man <laughs> that explained where his career went. It's unfortunate they he took a job at a time of change <laughs> where <laughs> blackface was just not, not quite as not acceptable the cool thing. as it was yeah. in the 20s. Oh, here we go. I told you you had women in the basement. Leah Thompson and... And Jennifer Grey. I know. It's very sad about Jennifer Grey because, you know, here's somebody that I, you know, I kind of had a little bit of a thing for her, right? Oh, yeah, absolutely. And so I liked the way she looked, but she didn't like the way she looked with her nose. And she had right. a nose job and she took away what she looked like and her career never recovered. 
Yeah, I don't know why she did that. People have a thing. I don't know. She, she was very self-conscious about it, but I actually thought it made her look kind of unique. It did. And so, I mean, this is weird. It, it was like, Ben Johnson was like, they tried to have their way with our women. So now we uh, want you teenage boys to have your We want you wow. to take them. But it, it's, it, they're treating them like property a little bit. Well, like they're no, a they, resource. They these guys are American heroes and they're, they're saving the women. Yes. They're saving the women. It's in the millious fashion. I love this sort of, you know, pastoral Western, uh, moment here with the cowboy hat. Yeah. You know, John Millius, he, he, he was going somewhere, but I think what stopped him dead in his tracks was this movie that came out like in 88. It was, or 89. It was terrible. It's called Farewell to the King. Oh yes. With Nick Nolte. Yeah. It was not a good movie. Yeah. Oh, they're doing codes on the radio. John has a long mustache. That's my shoulder tattoo. John has a long mustache. Why are they just crying all the time? Well, because Thomas Howell's only supposed to be like 14 or 15 and he lost his parents. He's upset. But Harry Dean Stan told him we don't have time to cry. Well, yeah, but that wasn't his dad. He just found out his dad died. Boy, you are a heartless son of a bitch. (laughs) (laughs) He's just overdoing it. Leah Thompson. Things are different now, Leah. And just one year later. I love her hair. Oh, I know. But one year later, man, she would become big and famous from Back to the Future. Yep. Now what's going to happen? Yeah, it's just a matter of time before the Russians start investigating those hills. So there were some kids in my town. Uh, One of them was that kid I was already telling you about. But it was uh, a bunch of older kids, too, high school kids. And uh, after this movie, they started a paramilitary group. Oh, great. (laughs) I knew this movie would be a bad influence on kids. (laughs) And uh, they would dress up in camouflage and go out in the woods and uh, do military exercises and stuff, you know, orienteering and uh, survival stuff. And uh, they were preparing for something like this. Yeah, there was a kid that I met in high school, again, my freshman, or my sophomore year, I guess, when it started. And and he was like that. He would dress up, and he had a certain dress that he would always uh, do with a certain kind of like workman boots and uh, sweatpants. Bravo. I don't know. In a, in a movie where only one African-American's there, they had to find ways to put racist comments throughout the film. <laughs> Jerks. These guys get it, don't they? Yeah. Um, yeah, this kid, he, Ken, his name was, he liked to carry around a butterfly knife, and he just thought he was going to be on some super adventure. Oh, oh, they're right next to this. Yeah, yeah, look, they're hiding. They're going to take that. Oh, wait a minute. 
Look, I found an arrow. <laughs> the Federalist Cossacks. Federalist <laughs> Oh, are they going to have to kill these guys? They're going to have to kill them. No, that's too bad because we just... <laughs> Jennifer, oh, what are you doing? I like the stunt double with the big uh, curly-haired wig yep. on. Yep. <laughs> Padded jacket. Why is he shooting into the air? To alert the others, man. Okay. Oh, this guy is with his arrows. Oh, see. To Ben Johnson said his granddaughters just to put him in more peril. <laughs> Ouch, my butt. <laughs> you got him like in the kidney. Yeah. <laughs> this is just like, this is silly. This is physical comedy. Oh, geez. <laughs> She wasted all her bullets. Boy, Jennifer Jason Lee's a liability in this movie. <laughs> Not Jennifer Jason Lee, sorry. Uh, Jennifer Gray. The gunshots are really loud. I like that. They sound real. It's a very realistic movie. It's very naturalistic, <laughs> the cinematography and it, it, it is. high gloss yeah. and shine. I don't understand the point it's of this the whole Russian sequence. Russian hero. Totally confused by this. I'm not sure what the main character's goals are. Well, no, he's going to radio for help, and then they're going to know. Oh, I see. I guess I'm just a little bit ahead of you, <laughs> my film knowledge of story structure. Oh, the guy's going to get out his headset. So the whole sequence was for that, was for this. Oh, bye-bye. Just a kid. This is good. The scene was worth it for this moment. It ain't no deer, is it, Swayze? Not the same. Oh. Mmm. And that, now we have the scene where he drinks the guy's blood, right? <laughs> <laughs> this sh shit just got real oh yeah oh it's it's serious now we're we're shortening our barrels yeah he's sawing off the but you get better accuracy though with the longer barrel no they're going for short range killing now better handling <laughs> but he sawed off the wrong part <laughs> i can't use the gun anymore he's gonna saw through his leg now who's that kid is that the kid who gets no lines in the movie Yes. <laughs> the kid whose dad died at the very beginning and gets no lines because he's Latino. Ouch, Charlie Sheen barking orders to women. Yeah. Well, actually, Jennifer Grey isn't that great. She actually caused the whole problem. Yeah.
Leah Thompson was also <laughs> in this other uh, very little seen teen film called The Wildlife. And it was sort oh, never of a pseudo it. sequel to Fast Times at Ridgemont High. Oh, okay. Cameron Crowe wrote it. But because of music rights, it's never been seen past uh, VHS. Oh, really? Yeah, it hasn't shown up on DVD or cable or anything because obviously huh. when rights were negotiated, they didn't negotiate yeah. all that stuff. Oh, see that guy on the right? It's walking yeah. with Ron Hill. He was in Pee Wee's Big Adventure. Oh, yeah. He was the criminal yep. that broke out. <laughs> Yep. <laughs> Got a ride with Pee Wee. So this guy, again, I love how this guy is the big villain, but in the... In the larger scope of things, he's a really minor character in this invasion. Well, there's like, I mean, there's obviously two groups working together, the Russians and the Latins. And yeah. so maybe these are the muscle or something. Oh, wow. They're going to kill the mayor? Or Oh, is the mayor another one of those sort of kiss asses guys? Yes. Yep. it up. <laughs> Vichying it up. Oh, that guy. Yep. His power's both. No, not that guy. That guy's not Powers Booth. No, no, no. Who is? Oh, it's um. I forget that actor's name. Is it Fred Thompson? No, no, no. Whip out your smartphone. We got time. (laughs) Go find out who this guy is. (laughs) I've seen him. I've seen him before too. From a distance, he looked uh, like Fred Thompson, but not up close. Lane Smith. Oh, it's Lane Smith. Yeah. He was in My Cousin Vinny. He's been in a ton of stuff. Yeah, he died in 2005. Okay. So he wasn't in a lot after that. (laughs) 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 It's true. (laughs) Oh, he's in The Mighty Ducks. He was Coach Riley. Yeah, I've seen him. he's, He's a character actor. Oh, he was a character, all right. <laughs> oh, he played Richard Nixon in a TV movie, The Final Days. He kind of looks a little like Richard Nixon. He does look. And what's going on here? They're, uh... uh some burials, maybe? Oh, they're making people work. Yeah. Yeah. Why... Why is this guy's arm so bloody? Well, because, you know, they've been torturing probably these people for yeah. information and stuff. Oh, so this is their funeral for those guys that uh, were killed by our heroes. The gorillas. Let's call them what they are. Yeah, they're gorillas. They're infidels. Yes, they're insurgents. Yeah. You know, I think I was too young to really understand the right wing politics at play. Yeah, totally. I, I didn't get it at all. But this is yeah. totally a right-wing fantasy, right? That your yes. ultimate villains at the time, the, the Russians and uh, the still like leftover animosity from the Cuba days, uh, that they would be... <laughs> I, I think also it's uh, important to look at this film in terms of uh, as almost as a response to Vietnam. Oh, that we needed somewhere where we could win? Well, yeah, in, in some sense that, but also there... 
invading where they had no right to? Well, Vietnam was – there was one theory in Viet, uh, about why we should fight Vietnam, which was domino theory, which oh, was right. – that if countries start to fall to communism, all the countries will fall to communism. Yeah, if we did nothing. If we did nothing. And so this is like if we did nothing in Vietnam and all these other countries become communist. Oh, this is awesome. Go USA. It's a very patriotic moment. Uh-oh. Harry Dean Stanton. He's, he's done for. Yep. Well. You know what? You know what? Uh, that was intense. We need we need uh, Team America World Police. <laughs> Jump yeah. in those marionette puppets. They'll save the day. So I think and the other thing I was saying about Vietnam, but there's this tendency in war movies, not a tendency, There, there's this subgenre of... Um, everyone's crying. Everyone's crying. Um, but, you know, in Vietnam, we were the occupying force. Um, yeah, but Milius was very anti-Vietnam. He, he was, He was yes. right wing, but he was very anti-Vietnam. Yes, he was very anti-Vietnam because, yeah, I don't know why exactly. He but. just loved guns, though. He carried a gun in a holster uh, on set with him through the entire yes. movie. Now, Millis is still alive, but he had a stroke several years back. Oh, no kidding. Yeah. I didn't know that. You never saw that documentary, Millius? No. Oh, I think you can get to see it on either Netflix or Amazon Prime. Well worth it. Very fascinating. Okay. Yeah, so what was his I'm I'm looking him up here. I got my smartphone. Well, I think he was kind of a crazy guy, so a lot of people in Hollywood didn't want to work with him, but then he got yeah. a, he had a major stroke. Um and that kind of sidelined his career. I mean, he's paralyzed okay. partially, but he's still alive. He got some credit on uh the um Re Red Dawn remake. Yeah, but that's just because of like original characters right. or whatnot, yeah. you know. That's pretty funny. <laughs> Wait, is <laughs> well back then. So people, kids today, if they watch the scene, they were wondering what does that noise? That uh, there used to be this bell that would be under when yeah. you pull up for gas because people uh, at the gas station would pump your gas. That doesn't happen anymore now, but and well, it does in Oregon. Uh, this is a classic scene. I think honestly, I know this is going to sound really obnoxious, but something like this is right out of um, uh, Battle of Algiers. Of what? Battle of Algiers. Oh, yeah, Where yeah. You've got the, um, you know, the counter-revolutionaries surprising the enemy with, like, little guerrilla attacks. Yep. Jennifer Grey, get out of there. He gets his knife out. Yeah, we could have just shot her, but, you know, she they were going to teach her a lesson. She, I do love this part. I love this part in the theater. Everybody was like, yeah. <laughs> Though I never, you know what? Out of all of these types of movies that came out around then, never did I see a movie that caused more insane theater reaction of uh, us versus them than Rocky Four. 
Oh yeah, absolutely. Opening yeah. day of Rocky Four, people were going, and I didn't like that movie very much, but people were going nuts when he beat Drago. I actually saw that movie. Uh... Yes. All right. Wolverines. Wolverine saved the day. Okay, so now they start fighting back. Things start going well. well that was a nice shot. He yeah, that was ridiculous. the basket right into the tank. Well, they've been training in the woods, and... <laughs> oh, the kid who never gets any lines gets to say the yeah. most important line of all. <laughs> That's so great. Yeah, so that kid who was obsessed with Russians taking over... Uh, I, I actually saw Rocky Four with him. Yes. <laughs> and uh, afterwards, he was so excited by the movie. He was so amped up that he punched me in the stomach. Wow, this guy sounds like a real winner to be hanging out with. <laughs> Did you stop he, hanging uh, out with him after that? <laughs> he, uh, uh, soon after high school, joined the military and became part of 82nd Airborne. Why am I not surprised? Yeah. Um, but he was obsessed with the military uh, at a very young age and obsessed with the Russians. He must find himself at quite the crossroads now where the, his former <laughs> enemies, the Russians, are now friend of the, uh, now his, the president. Are now our allies, yeah. <laughs> our best our best friends. Best Wolver buds. Okay, so they're tagging stuff, yeah. Yep. Oh, because, you know, that's what you want to do. They want to let them know who did this so that yes. they can go and find them. It really makes a lot of, I've seen this before. <laughs> Nicaragua, San Salvador, California, oh, yeah. Angola, and Mexico. The Wolverines are everywhere. But these are my men, man. I don't like that. The other guy's all worried and nervous. <laughs> That was a very strange moment between those two oh, guys. Oh, the Soviet American Friendship Center. Yeah. That's cool. Oh. <laughs> Jennifer Gray. Yeah, I mean, I got to say, I, I like, the 14-year-old me was like, I don't know who this person is, but I, I'm kind of attracted to her. Oh, absolutely. probably secretly why i wanted to watch dirty dancing when it came out in 1987 um only to be disappointed about how horrible that movie was but you were mm-hmm Win their hearts and minds. So basically you're saying that they're following they're following the same trap as the United States did. That's exactly what I was getting at. Yeah. Because if the will of the people want freedom. Yes. And they're getting involved in a war as an occupying force against. Uh, Resolve. Uh, well, against a civilian army, essentially. Yeah. Right. And you can see, right. Jennifer Gray was able to just walk in there because she yep. looked just like any regular American. Exactly. They couldn't tell. Yeah, and these, these are exactly the kinds of things that happened in Vietnam. But I'm constantly. telling you, this is definitely um, following a lot of the playbook of Battle of Algiers. Yeah, you're right. It is, isn't it? And that was a, such an influential film to so many. And I'm going to just do a little plug for anybody who's never seen Battle of Algiers. It's truly one of the most amazing films I've ever seen. Yeah, it really is. Yeah. 
It's, uh, yeah, it just needs to be seen. Ooh, November. Now it's like almost black and white <laughs> November. Is there going to be snow in this movie? I can't remember. There is. They have to, they, they face a harsh winter, those Wolverines. You would think they would have sent a force up to the mountains already by now. Yeah. Where did she, oh, she must have got some camo somewhere. Uh, they probably stole it from people they killed. Now, what's that? Is that a signal? That is a smoke from a bomb or something. Maybe it's a signal. Maybe it's chemtrails dropping oh. mind control on <laughs> the populace. So she's really becoming a character now without really a proper introduction, I feel like. No, but that's what I like about this movie. Instead of like really getting in all these backstories and it's like almost like the screenplayers get paid by the word these days or something. Right. They have to right. put in so much stuff and corny jokes and all these dumb characters. <laughs> this movie says none of that. That's nonsense. And that's what I do like about this movie. Yeah, it's definitely... Oh, it's yeah, very, Powers Booth. Yes. He's the American uh, hero. Yes, that's the thing I was... I, that's why I thought that other guy was yeah, Powers yeah, Booth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you've, it's been a while since you watched this. Yeah. Supposedly, there's a romantic uh, plot line that got cut out because test screening audiences found it a little gross that she was so much younger than him. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. So are there hints of that still? I think there are hints, but apparently there was an actual uh, filmed uh, romantic scene between them. Wow. Okay, that's fascinating. Well, she's only supposed to be like 16 or something. Yeah, so, you know. yeah. and he's like 85. Yeah. <laughs> 85. <laughs> <laughs> and he looks so young there. Now he's dead. It's so weird. Well, this guy's getting more words ever since Wolverine. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> check a look. Check out, <laughs> check out the outfit on Swayze. Now, why do they need this character? Ooh, C. Thomas Howell's really tough now. Yeah. Well, you know, he had to grow up quick. Well, he might give information. See? I guess he is giving information, yeah. yeah. Geography lesson. Aha. Uh -huh. Ah, so there was nuclear activity. Yep. It's making sense to me now. Yeah. Now I understand exactly how they pulled it off. Yep.
It's actually a pretty smart strategic plan. It, it is. I'm <laughs> so glad we're getting this. Yeah, because see, we forgot about that. Probably didn't make yeah. as much sense to us as kids. This was like all this like mumbo jumbo. That, exactly. Yeah, it was total mumbo jumbo. It was all the key stuff that told us how they pulled it off. Dun dun. Wasn't Powers Booth also in this like uh, movie Southern Comfort? Yes. Yep, that is like a uh, deliverance ripoff. Right. Oh, that's right. Okay. I knew I'd seen him recently. What? Uh, Powers Booth was in the uh, Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. TV show. <laughs> that's right. I, I... I saw... I... I caught a couple episodes of that, and he uh, he was on that, and uh, that's his last credit. Yeah, and he was in Deadwood. Yep, he was in Deadwood. Yeah, Southern Cover was directed by Walter Hill, which was he was kind of like a, a cousin of, like, in a sense, of Milius. They they kind of had a well, except Walter Hill would put out a movie like every nine months. Well, yeah, he was way more productive, but I mean, he had yeah. that sort of I, I don't know what his politics were, but he definitely had sort of a right wing sort of spin to. Yeah, stuff. he's, uh, I believe he's still alive. Walter Hill uh, is still alive. Yeah, and his last movie uh, I did see, uh, The Assignment. I don't know that one. Um, it, <laughs> it's pretty amazing. <laughs> so you know what happens with these commentaries, right? There's a point in these movies where things just kind of slow down. And this is not, well, here so we, we just are. go off on our own tangents. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. We're in the middle of the second act, which is always... Um, like what else Which is, is always sort of a doldrums, but there's supposed to be this plot beat right around an hour uh, called the point of no return. Oh, and that's a point at which they make a decision. Uh, some action happens. Well, that's like the Wolverine. They turn into the Wolverines and now they exactly. can't go back and see, and here they go again. Here we go. Yep. Um. I don't know why we're not talking during this, but I guess I'm a little stunned by the level of violence in this movie. I didn't really remember. Noted for like having some of the most like nonstop acts of violence for any movie around at the time. And I think what's just more stunning is that this, you know, was the first PG-13 movie. Yeah. And you still question of whether or not an R might have been a better rating for it. Well, there's not a huge amount of blood. I guess. Um. I know I was glad I got to see it. And I remember thinking, wow, so this is what PG-13 is going to be like? Sweet. Yeah, and that's going to be cool. I think about a lot of the movies that came out before this that uh, that were PG and probably would have got PG-13, but also rated R movies. Uh, I think of like The Jerk that clearly would have been PG-13. Yeah. yeah. Really, you think? I think so. I think it's got a bunch of F words in it. I think they would have edited some of those out if they knew they could get a PG-13 rating. That's probably true. Yeah, so I feel like the story's sort of lost direction a little bit here. They bring in this new character. I, um, I, I mean, I kind of liked it I, as a kid, you know, watching it. But I mean, now when we're seeing it, you know, how many times have we seen it? It kind of gets boring. Yeah. See, 
Leah Thompson's just got her eyes on Powers Booth. I that's really interesting. I didn't know that that there was a scene between them. It's also another thing is that you know Milius isn't exploring a lot of technique. Oh look, this guy's marking his kills on his gun. Okay. Yeah, that's right. Oh, does C. Thomas Howell die in this movie? I kind of am waiting for that because he's, getting, sure he's he getting on my nerves. Yeah. I know some people make it. I just can't remember who. Uh, yeah, I know some. Uh, exactly. Uh, some oh, people make it. For those who are seeing it for the first time, you should not be watching <laughs> for the first time with our commentary. You should be watching it, you know, first and then listening to us. I, I know a couple of them get away to uh, the free states. I, I feel like it's either Leah Thompson or Jennifer Grey. One of those two survives. One of them, and yeah. Oh, see? She's got oh. she's got dead flowers that she was going to give him. Yeah. She's acting like she's some kind of weird mute mountain girl. <laughs> that was really strange. Yeah. That was very strange. It's weird. Yeah, see Julio Mondragon. Those are the fathers, right? That's the mother and father right. of that, that kid who doesn't get any lines. Well, except for he got to say Wolverine. I, no, he did. He did. He got them. I probably saw Leah Thompson in other things, but this was the first movie that I actually like remembered like this actress she did she did another movie around this time uh that not a lot of people saw uh called howard the duck okay you're way off on that that was like 88 or 87 oh it wasn't until then okay yeah, yeah it was later was, wait, let me see no howard the duck is 86 you're right you're right so, but that was after Back to the Future, and that it was after Back to the that Future. That could have killed anybody's career. <laughs> yeah, uh, but it didn't kill her career. <laughs> What's a flank? What's well, it? You know, it's not a childish question, but a question a child might ask. <laughs> Oh, someone didn't like that flying question. Oh no, they're cutting to them actually. Yeah, uh, cutting to them actually oh, carrying out. So their... yeah, Leah Thompson. I guess I did know her because she was in all the right moves in 1983 yes. with Tom Cruise. That's what yep. I would have first noticed her. Though she was also in Jaws 3D that summer <laughs> in '83. A classic. Oh yeah, and she was in The Wildlife. So I guess in '84. So I guess I was aware of Leah Thompson. It was probably yeah, Jennifer Grey that I wasn't aware of. I like to correct my mistakes uh, live while we are on air. It's amazing. Oh, now they're handing out guns. That's right. The revolution, man. But <laughs> see, the Russians or whoever these guys are, the commies, uh, are terrible soldiers. Well, they're the stormtroopers of Red Dawn. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the they're they're stormtroopers.
Yeah, Jennifer Grey was actually a lot older than one might think. She was 24 when Red Dawn came out. Oh, wow. Yeah. And of course, Jennifer Grey is the daughter of actor uh, Joel Grey. That is a uh, big chunk of the budget right there. I, you know, that's another well, thing we have. filmed in this one area, this building, they built like an outdoor set, you know, and so. Oh, okay. They've got their, they got the, uh, the mountain set and then they've got this, uh, drive-in area. Right. Compound set that they've just blown but up. Blowing those planes up. You know, something we haven't mentioned is, you know, there's no CGI in this movie. The CGI. What is CGI? <laughs> yeah. But so, yeah. you know, that's, it's kind of cool that all this stuff is, is real. I did see a matte shot. Um, that was off like in a distance, but yes. other than that, yeah, this is all practical sets. And the new Red Dawn. Do you see this way? So Ron, Ron um, O'Neill there, the uh, Superfly. He, yeah, he's conflicted. His character like actually feels for the uh, Wolverines. Yes. Yeah. Well, because he realizes that they're the things have turned he said earlier like i've always been on the side of the insurgents or whatever yes he's just like the the character in the wild bunch who was once part of the wild bunch and he says that uh we're going after men and i wish to god i was with them (laughs) that's one of bill from queen's favorite lines of that movie yeah uh this movie is actually uh, a couple of these sequences have reminded me of the wild bunch well I mean, think about it. This is why I'm like looking, you know, we were trying to break this down. And obviously, Milius doesn't have a big, strong technique at play. But right. what are his influences? And we know that things like the Wild Bunch would have been an influence. Would have been an influence. Absolutely. We know that films like Battle of Algiers would be an influence. Mm-hmm. Well, and didn't Milius write Apocalypse Now? He was the uh, screenwriter credit on right. Apocalypse Now. Even though, for whatever that's worth. Well, I mean, Coppola wrote a lot of stuff. Uh, right, but, but right. I mean, yes. Yeah. And he wrote, like, uh, all of the Robert Duvall stuff. Okay. Yeah. But he's the one that got the nomination for mm-hmm. Best Screenplay, or Adapted, I guess. I don't know. Was it, yeah. was it original or Adapted? I mean, it's kind of like... I think it's Adapted. Based on um It's Heart based on Darkness, Heart of Darkness, yeah. Which so is Farewell to the King. He, he, failed, tw- <laughs> he failed with his own version <laughs> of Heart of Darkness. Farewell to the King was just horrible. I don't think I ever saw it. Gotta hear what oh look that Ben Johnson gets to host them all. Like, I mean, this yeah. that's that's the stuff that's like, what? And they hung up Christmas decorations. <laughs> what the hell? Yeah, they're just going on with their lives. Ooh, California, here we come. Moonshine. Is it? Yeah, it must be. Well, huh? it's not water. <laughs> You're not passing around water in a fruit jar. <laughs> That's the classic moonshine vehicle. <laughs> it's the fruit jar. Oh, now we're in January. Oh, good. Okay. They, they, they sprinkled some snow. Yep. Well, they must have actually shot this in Colorado or something. Well, let's, you know- let's go find out. Yeah. <laughs> you you keep the commentary running while I yeah, take a so look. Yeah, so you know in the 2012 version of Red Dawn, it was uh, a Chinese invasion. Yeah, but they actually changed it. Well, that's what I was going to say is they went in and digitally changed all the Chinese flags and badges to North Korea. Yeah, because they didn't want to upset the Chinese. 
Well, yeah, because they realized well, they the, wanted to the, play in China. It's not going to play in China. It's unbelievable. Yeah. <laughs> it's just amazing that they went through the whole movie with that before realizing, uh, you know, that that was a problem. Okay, I got it. So here's where they filmed uh, Red Dawn. It was not in Calumet, uh, Colorado. Las Vegas, New Mexico. Johnson oh. Mesa, New Mexico. Okay. Ghost Ranch, Abiquaui. Abiquiu. Abiquiu, New Mexico. Yeah. That's where they filmed it, New Mexico. Okay, that makes sense. It does look like New Mexico, but I got to say that part of New Mexico is really close to Colorado. Now, the budget for this movie is estimated at $17 million, which was pretty high for back then. It was very high at the time, and, yeah. And, you know, people might think this was a big success. It was a moderate success. It made $38 million domestically. Okay, that's, at, that's pretty good. And at the time, worldwide grosses weren't reported the way they are now, right. so nobody knows how much they made worldwide. But it's really uh, cable and video was where this movie became a monster smash. Yeah, it, it, and it did become a monster smash. I mean, it was, I guess it's, it's in my mind, it is one of the uh, most 80s, like if I was going to write a list of movies that typify the 80s, Oh, I mean, Red Dawn is definitely in there, which is one of the reasons we yeah. picked it. Because yeah, to us and the people our age and stuff, when you think of 80s, you definitely, the, the title pops up and you know that if yeah. you grew up in the 80s like we did, you certainly saw this movie. And we're aware of it. Yeah. And, and I think, you know, we've talked a little bit about the politics of it, but I think that that's really important is that the movie uh, had some relevance. It, uh, you know, we were... We were in the Cold War. This this was a commentary on what was going on uh, internationally. Well, I also think it's a kind of a fantasy because a Cold War wasn't very gratifying because there was no war. Right. So oh, no, it's absolutely a fantasy, <laughs> and I think yeah, there's there's that idea of like why why can't the war just happen? Yeah. We've been you know like why can't we have conventional warfare? Why does World War Three yeah. have to be just nuclear? So there's that fantasy that people have of like well we what are we going to have like a real war again? Well, this is yeah. how it could happen. Well, and also like I was saying before, there's the fantasy of the U.S. as being the rebels. Yes, because we never have been the rebels. Because we never have been, and we're so usually the, only, the invading force. <laughs> the, yeah, we're usually the occupying force, and so for us to be the occupied uh, is is in itself a fantasy, right? It turns us into into the Vietnamese or into the Iraqis or whatever. And uh, the only other place you see this narrative really play out is in alien invasion movies. Right, 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 oh, right, right. Where, where aliens right invade us and we have to stop it, like uh, Independence Day, like Independence Day or Battlefield Los Angeles, or you know, and the list goes on and on. But in those, uh, you know, Americans are the freedom fighters. Yeah. Now, is this really the only? There's probably a couple of movies on the side, but is this really the only film where there's an invading force? in america except for of course the canon classic invasion usa yes yep probably came out around the same time um i think there was a there was a mini series in 1987 called america with a k right uh that was about uh i think uh, russians taking over the us i never saw it what 
We just lost a guy. I know. So probably on the success of this movie, uh, Cannon rushed the Chuck Norris classic Invasion USA into yes. cinemas one year later. Okay. Uh, which was terrible, by the way. Oh, and terrible. I, I saw it in the theater. I feel like a lot of it took place in a shopping mall <laughs> where Chuck Norris was kicking ass. Uh-oh. Oh, oh, Powers Booth gets it. Yeah. No. Oh, but he's going to do one last sacrifice. you got to love that. Where did they get these white outfits? They made them in their factory. Shoot straight for once. Oh. Wow. Mm, retreat, Wolverines. <laughs> this is great with the red smoke oh, billowing around him. It, it maneuvered just in time. Yeah, the direction's a little sloppy on that. You're not sure what the hell has happened. <laughs> uh, a, little, a little sloppy there. <laughs> Um, but I feel uh, like it was a little sloppy during the drive-in. Uh. But yeah, the Invasion USA, uh, there was this one great line where Chuck Norris, and it's at the beginning of the movie where he says to somebody, he goes, I'm going to hit you um, with my right so many times you'll be begging for a left or something like that. <laughs> Other than that, I don't remember anything about that movie. Uh, Chuck Norris, another right-wing hero. Yes. Uh, now he's just like kind of too old to be in some, you know, movies. To be much of anything. Do you think that they could get together um, that that squad there with uh, Chuck Norris and uh, Stallone and all them, and they can fight? Oh yeah, they can yeah. fight COVID nineteen. <laughs> <laughs> Dolph Lundgren. Yeah, the invisible enemy is no match for um, what are they called? The insufferables. I don't remember what they are. The I don't know. I can't even remember what they're called. Oh, I'm looking it up. Expendable. Yeah. I saw the first two and they were pretty bad. I, I saw the first one and it was bad enough that uh, I can't believe you saw the second one. You can't. <laughs> I can't believe you saw the latest Rambo, which was, it's available on Prime, by the way. <laughs> oh man, the latest Rambo is quite an oh, experience. God, I used to love Chuck Norris movies. It seemed as a drive-in. I saw like The Force yeah. of One, Octagon, there's Eye for an Eye, Silent Rage, Force Vengeance, Lone Wolf McQuaid <laughs> was my favorite. Oh yeah. Missing in Action which was ridiculous and yeah missing in action was totally ridiculous and and that was another one of those like let's refight vietnam yeah there was even uh the worst was the sequel mission action part two the beginning oh yes <laughs> and then you know there was delta force oh man and what was that other movie um with robert duvall where they refight they go back into vietnam Mm, I don't know. Uh, I think you're talking about Gene Hackman. We've talked about Uncommon yes. Valor. Uncommon Valor. That's what I was thinking of. We yeah. talked about that one once on our show because it's so damn good. But I, I feel like there's a similarity in these movies. Uh, you know, this is in 1984. They probably shot this in 82 or 83. 
that's just a few years after the Vietnam War ended. Well, I mean, but it's well, so we hadn't quite got into the real, like, you know, deep exploration of, of the Vietnam War from the yeah. soldier's point of view. But, you know, we were entering the Reagan era. We're steeped exactly. in the Reagan era and patriotism and to try to defeat communism. And remember, uh, Russia had invaded Afghanistan. Yes. So we were like, you know, filtering money to the Afghans and filtering it to that uh, that one-time patriot, <laughs> um, uh, Osama bin Laden. Oh, Osama bin Laden. I yeah. was thinking of Saddam Hussein, who we also financed in the 80s. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> our one-time, our, our enemies were one-time our uh, allies. It's, uh, true stories. Yeah. That guy on the right there, with the, he's familiar. I've seen him in a bunch of movies. You know what he was in? Yeah. Oh, my God, he was in that crazy canon movie, The Apple, that I love. Holy crap. That movie is the best. Oh, he's in that? Okay. I'm yeah, I know. I, I recommend these awesome movies and you don't watch them. I, I've lost the thread of the story here. Why is there a parade scene? Ah, you know, who knows? See, this is the part where we're just riffing, you know, going on. And, oh, that guy. That guy was always yeah. a strong man and stuff. He was in any which way you can. He's the guy that Philo Beto had a fight. <laughs> but then they sort of team up and become friends. But they have this epic, epic battle um, that takes place uh, near where Oh, this is the how to defeat the... Uh how to defeat the Wolverines meeting. Oh, yes. Yeah, this movie also is almost two hours. It probably could have easily been an hour and a half. It should have been, because... Yeah, I don't think that this... Uh, I don't, I, I'm not convinced that we need this scene. Except Milius likes to uh, ruminate on war and violence. Wolverines. <laughs> Ron O'Neill's like, yeah, whatever. Oh, look, they even have them. They have the pictures of them all. They yeah. Know. Yeah, this is kind of interesting. Philosophizing about war. Yeah, but see, this is, again, we have to look at this movie in terms of Battle of Algier. The same yeah. thing happens in Battle yeah. of Algier. They bring in the head guy who is going to figure out how right. he's going to infiltrate the group. I'm telling yeah. you, this movie is, is definitely influenced. Yeah, that, okay. And this makes me want to watch Battle of Algiers again. I haven't seen it in 25 years. Well, when I saw um, this movie, I hadn't seen Battle of Algiers. I saw that movie, oof, now I guess that was probably like 15 years ago when I first saw Battle of Algiers. Yeah. Um, ooh, those are creepy face masks. They are. Now, see, it's hard. <laughs> like, you know, these guys have camo. So these guys are the Russian dudes or whatever. Yes. Ooh, and they've got high tech uh, because those equipment. Nicaraguan dudes were heartless and punished civilians and were not good at hunting wolverines. No. So now they've got their hunting party out, uh, which means, uh, let's see, there's a half an hour left in the movie. I would guess we're going to lose. Uh, well, we just lost Powers Booth. I think we're going to lose another character in this sequence. 
At least. Yeah. This is where it definitely got the head. Oh, I see. You can't spot yeah. this guy. You can't spot them. They got the gun. No, nope, can't see him. certainly get your money's worth of action in this movie you do and the thing is there's nothing like you said earlier there's not a lot of style going on there's almost no camera movement no but i think this is where before you got all the advances in steadicam yeah you know it was you had to set your camera down on sticks Yep. And, or, you know, you, you can lay track. Yeah. But it's just, it was a lot more complex. And then it was really a question of, look, we're just trying to make a film here. Do we need right. all of this? Um, um, but even, even that, like, uh, even with locking the camera down, there's not a lot of like that. That was a terrible shot right there. Well, yeah, there's not like not a lot of seriously thought of composition and exactly giving you that sort of style. I mean, this film doesn't really have style. No, it it has, uh, and that's not a knock against it. It's just that's just no, how it this just movie doesn't. Made, it's just you know? the way it is. It it uh, feels like TV in a way. Well, yeah, except for you know, like in one eight five, except in one eight five with a little more blood than you'd have on TV. Yeah, but, but that like goes back into that first scene in the classroom. There was nothing done to make that classroom look like almost over stylized. It looked like how a right. classroom looked. Well, and I think, yeah, there is something we were joking about it earlier, but the sort of lack of flashy cinematography makes the film a little more naturalistic in a weird way. Yeah, right. Or, or realistic, but I mean. Or realistic, yeah. That's what, but it gives this film a little bit of grit, right? Exactly. Yeah. And what's. Uh, uh, <laughs> well, I think it helps actually with the suspension of disbelief that. Uh, well, plus this was this really was Targo. That's why PG thirteen. Why this is such an important uh, film in the history of PG thirteen. Yeah, is that it is in the right sweet spot for teenagers because yes, it's got teenage characters being the heroes, even though they're all played by adults. Um, but it's not really for grown ups. I don't think. No, it's a kids movie. <laughs> <laughs> it's the most violent kids movie, but it really is. But it, it really is a kids movie. I mean, it, it's it's very similar to like uh, the Mighty Ducks because because I could forgive the movie for its flaws at fourteen. <laughs> right. Oh yeah. As uh, at fourteen, I would I would forgive it all its flaws, but now it just is. Uh, well, I guess what it is is that as a teenager, you can get oh, caught up in the fantasy. That's and right. They had a spy in their midst. I forgot. That's how they were able to track them. Dude, I forgot about this part. Me too. Daryl. You let us down, Daryl. Is that the guy that also was the Soshi from Outsiders? See, I knew I he was so. a heel. father what a scumbag when did this happen that he told them well you know at some point i mean clearly they go back and forth in the town they yeah. go visiting the relatives for christmas and oh come on i know it see thomas howell he's like i don't need no blindfold now this um, I doubt if Milius could have seen this movie because it was very hard to see then. But yeah. it's very similar uh, scene in a great movie, uh, Melville's Army of Shadows. 
I bet I bet Milius would have been able to see that. They had a traitor, right, and a spy that they yeah. catch in their network, and they have to debate. It's very long and intense about what are they going to do and how are they going to kill this guy. And, and and what's so great about it is that you can't just kill somebody like they do in the movies. Uh, right. There's a lot of moral debate, but also, you know, the, how to make sure that they're not discovered by killing this person and all this debate. Right. So it's kind of interesting that they're debating. Oh, see, I thought it was C. Thomas Howell that just walked up and killed him, but. Oh, it was Jed's buddy. This is cool. This is a good scene. Yeah, this is where C. Thomas Hall says, oh, you can't do it, Swayze, fine. C. Thomas Hall came a long way from that innocent boy. Oh, man. It's just milking this. I know. Look at all this blood. I mean, you know. (laughs) Oh. These kids have had to grow up over a season. Yeah. Yeah. Like I said, there's a lot of stuff for a kid to like watch a movie like this and really get out of it. You know, the kids aren't going to think about the politics part of it. They're no, just thinking about the story. or the logistics of the invasion. The, the kids are just caught. Well, part of it is, I think, that there's this fantasy about um, being an adult, right? Yeah. And so, like, it's these kids are put in the adult, what a role that would normally be filled by adults, which would be trained soldiers and stuff. Uh but because these are just ordinary American kids, you can get into this fantasy of identifying with them. And well, I mean, you think about like this kind of situation where kids have to grow up fast and, you know, America, we've always had it, you know, relatively easy, but for many years, but you know, even think about something like this pandemic, what kids that are going through it now, how is it affecting them now? And how is that experience going to affect them in the future in ways that their, their, their childhood gets interrupted, I guess, in a way that ours wasn't. Well, and even, you know, if you look at the uh, Vietnam draft, there were, you know, 18-year-old kids yeah, uh, and teenagers being shipped off to war. And so I, I think that's also the relationship here is, uh, yeah, like you said, you have to grow up fast. What, what, what do these traumas do? What do they change you into? What, is, what does violence change you into? Because see Thomas Howell, I think at this point, there's no redemption for his character because he didn't show mercy. So I think he's got to die. Well, that's what, you know, my mom, you know, she was very young. She was a teenage mom. She was 18 when she got married and had me. And, you know, she always seemed very much more of an adult than, than you see right. these kids today running around. And she's like, well, you know what? Vietnam War was happening. And when you had friends that were going off and getting killed or coming back not the same, you grew up pretty yeah. quick. <laughs> you know, yeah. it was a different world. Yeah, and so the, this is sort of what if that world is here? What if? Uh... Yeah, I actually think it's kind of. I mean, there's some cool things about it. I mean, Swayze, right? He's like uh, getting to cry and things a lot of times yeah. and expressing emotions that you don't necessarily see male characters back then doing. Well, especially in an action film where you know everything the character does is like morally justified and right. Look, that's a scene right out of uh, Lawrence of Arabia, right? It here, is. Right? Yeah. He's looking when he's going to, they're going to invade the train. I mean, there's yep. definitely some things that Milius is, uh, is mocking here. Well, we've also got some camera movement here, which uh, is rare in this movie, but those, those were, uh, 
It's on a little crane or a dolly here. I looked up the cinematographer, by the way, and he it was really a journeyman. He did a lot of movies like this and a lot of like really BC grade action things. Nothing of note. Okay. He never really had great cinematography moments. So okay. Uh, out of focus eagle shot <laughs> but it's an american eagle it's, it's their guide but clearly that was you know shot with a super zoom lens oh yeah this is a i wonder at some point it seems like the wolverines know that their time is up and they're just gonna see what they can do oh uh see there's a trap yep some supplies. That's a smart move. That, 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 that is a smart move. Yep. Charlie Sheen, don't do it. I feel like they've reached that point where they know their time is limited. Well, I think Swayze knows. Charlie Sheen clearly does not. <laughs> He's going to go yeah, out it was and get once, some grub. Once they killed that other guy, I think that was like... Uh, the final uh, step in their evolution to grown-ups. Exactly. Nah, the deer was the first step. The deer was the first step. Exactly. I like how Charlie Sheen's wearing like this Sherpa hat. We don't know where he could have possibly gotten it from, but maybe he got it off one of the dead soldiers. Well, I assume they've been taking stuff from the dead soldiers. Yeah. I wish, but no, none of these movies ever show that. Like, hey, you can get a lot of ammunition and guns if you just collect them right. from the dead soldiers you kill. Yeah, it doesn't show it happening. What's she doing? But just get the box and fill it up with stuff. Come on, no, Jennifer Grey. She, yeah. She's going to stop and take one <laughs> bite out of looking each at her, apple. What are you doing? But see, in today's movie, there'd be some, like, funny banter between the characters over this because that's how they, uh... Uh-oh. Yeah. Swayze doesn't like it. Oh, wow, he's making little, like, cool bird noises. It's funny, if you really know your topography, that looks like New Mexico, uh... Yes. Not Colorado. <laughs> it actually looks like Afghanistan. Well, then the Sherpa hat fits yes. perfectly. I don't like this. I don't like where this is headed. Where'd they get the horses? They've had the horses since the beginning. Now, how they oh, kept I, the horses and- Oh, uh, I know. That's what I'm just questioning. Yeah, the horses go to a special uh, barn <laughs> <laughs> when they're not there. Yeah. And they're not feeding the horses, apparently. Look, she's just taking a bite out of everything. I call them HOC, horses of convenience. Why does this guy, what did uh, John Belushi lend him his leather hat from 1941? <laughs> he's, been wearing, he's been wearing this the whole time. I mean. They got berets. Guy's got a, you've got a Wolverine patch on the beret. Come on now. Where do they get this stuff? Everybody's got their own hat. I want some retro action figures. <laughs> I love how easily they change their clothes with uh, the environment. Yep. Now, at least Jennifer Gray's coat's getting nice and dirty. Yeah. That's a cute little moment. Oh, it's all going to get ruined. Yep. That means somebody's about to die. Yep. <laughs> the quiet moments are always disrupted by gunplay. Yep. Oh, I hear the helicopters. Yep. See, it's got us quiet, too. We don't know what's going to happen. Uh, I, no, I'm t uh, this is a pretty tense moment. Oh, that thing is pretty huge. I do remember <laughs> when I first saw it, I was like, oh, oh, Jennifer Grey, no. Oh. 
I couldn't remember who got it. Yeah, Jennifer, Jennifer Gray, Gray gets. I remember taken her out. Sad. Look, she's not dead yet. They're dragging her out of there. <laughs> no one left behind. Now, see, this is exactly, I mean, I'm saying it looks like Afghanistan, but when we went to war in Afghanistan 20 or 18 years ago, uh, you know, the, the Taliban were on horses fighting against our gunships. And I, I keep making this point, but this is like a reversal of the traditional American narrative. Right. Um, you know, and, and they made this point when they're looking at that uh, uh, Native American battle site. Yes. Uh, <laughs> Things so menacing. That these guys are playing the role of the Native Americans in a Western and the Russians are the cowboys and the U.S. cavalry. Yeah, I mean, so, you know, Milius, in his own way, is doing some interesting things. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think that, you know, there's there's stuff to, I don't know, this is, <laughs> watching this again, the movie has really run out of steam for me. Um, like, the second act is just essentially a series of action scenes that aren't really progressing anywhere definitive other than they're fighting and they lose people from time to time. I guess that's what a war is. It's not really going anywhere definitive, but like they don't have the main characters here don't have a big plan that they're trying to put into action. Well, remember what Powers Booth said. They're hoping to get some uh, special forces right. to help okay. them. Okay, so I guess that's what they're the waiting spring. for. They just have to get through this winter. Here goes some more of the budget now. This is what they spent their millions their 17 million dollars on was blowing up planes and helicopters again this is cool because it's practical you know they actually had to rig an explosion inside that helicopter What's going on? Now, was that just suicide, basically? I mean... Well, I think he knew he was going to be taken, so he had one last battle chant. Okay, which was to try to shoot down a helicopter with an assault rifle. Okay. Now, is there supposed to be a romance between those two characters? Oh, or? you know, who knows? There was, was supposed to be of, with uh, Leah Thompson and Powers Booth, but... Right. Which I guess was probably done initially just to give his weight more depth. Uh, his depth his more weight, weight more depth. His <laughs> weight more depth. <laughs> oh, see, she's still alive. This always happens to the good guys. I've never been with a man before. Perhaps before I go, Jed. Uh, no, thank you. 
You see, he's got even the Lawrence of Arabia like yeah. head thing. <laughs> Oh, she wants to kill herself to. I mean, you're going to be dead in like a couple of minutes. Can't you hold yeah, on? Yeah, just hang on. Don't put him through, make, make him do this. Yeah. That's... I'm pretty sure the traumatic experiences that Swayze had to deal with here led to his early demise in life. <laughs> it's a lot of trauma. It is. This was difficult. Swayze's been gone for a while. Yeah. Oh, geez. Just get on with it. See, now I'm now I'm my patience is waiting. Yeah, my patience. <laughs> this is trying my patience. This is like the English patient. Oh, sorry that we put you through this, but people are like, why did they pick this movie? And it was like, we get 16 minutes, people. We're gonna hang in there. Come on, we're gonna hang in there. We can do it. We. Oh, he's giving her a grenade. Oh, now that's pretty rough. Is that what he did? What did he give her? I think no. he gave her a grenade. But don't you think? Well, I don't know. Was the grenade or the bullet worth wasting? And just minutes ago, she was squeezing an orange onto his head. Yeah, good times to bad. Yeah. But that's the toll the war takes. <laughs> it is. Yeah, just when you think, you know, oranges and apples can solve everything. This rivals the, uh, the poignancy of the end of glory. <laughs> <laughs> no, maybe not. Oh man, when I was at the end of that movie, everybody was crying. You made this point earlier, but I think it, it is important to point out that there's a lot of moments of people dealing with the emotional consequences of their actions. Yeah. And that's kind of surprised me because in the remake, all that stuff's gone. Never saw it. I don't want to see that. I can't. No, I didn't watch the Doesn't whole it thing. Have Tom but... Cruise's son in it. Is that who's in it? Yeah. Yeah, his adopted son, the Scientologist. What's his adopted son's name? I can't remember, but I'm definitely he's in it. Okay. Don't know who that is. Oh, but... Jennifer Grey has one last surprise for this dude. Yes. I she's forgot. got the grenade. <laughs> but see, this is exactly, it's like role reversal because this is what would happen in like in the, uh, you know, in the Vietnam film where exactly. the American soldier walks up and there's like a booby trap. Yes. This is exactly, yeah. I mean, it's just a reversal of Vietnam essentially. Don't you speak a little Russian? Uh, not anymore. Oh. I did at one point. I mean, I'd catch in some words here and there, but. Oh, here we go. <laughs> they didn't have the budget to actually show that explosion. Yeah. They already used up their explosion budget. I think it may have been too gruesome even for this. Mm, not for Tarantino. I'm sure he would have. No, Tarantino would show her body exploding. And... I know Tarantino should show so much restraint in a film like this, right? <laughs> he doesn't... 
Now, if you are enjoying, and this is you, the listener, if you're enjoying this commentary and you're like, oh my goodness, I've been waiting all my life for, <laughs> for this Red Dawn commentary. Yeah. Let, let, let us know that you liked it and that what, what's the next one we should do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pick a movie for us. We can Netflix and chill anytime you want. <laughs> Where are they? I don't know. Now they're just, you know, putting people in scenes. In yeah. Sets. Are they over at her grandparents' house, maybe? They were Must trying be. To get them back? Must be. There's, there's those uh, Christmas lights twinkling in the background. <laughs> yeah. Or maybe the, maybe the grandparents gone now. Or oh, Are you telling me that it's Charlie Sheen that survives with Leah Thompson? It could be. I feel like a good choice would have also been Jennifer Jason Lee to be in the Leah Thompson role. Look, he got a line. Yeah, he had more lines than we thought. I know, I know. <laughs> Look at that fake snow. I know, I was like, just making it like styrofoam. <laughs> uh, I wonder if it's if people in California who never, like, say, experience snow. If they never <laughs> went to Do they, like, not pick that up? And because we're from New England, we notice that right off the bat. <laughs> <laughs> no where are they like uh, something's blown up they're in some blown up, blown up. Oh, wait, they, maybe it was the high school i mean there's a tennis uh there's a uh, basketball there's a basketball net. yeah so maybe somebody's house maybe i don't know like i said at this point these are things that maybe now because we're we're doing a commentary we're, we're noticing this but these are things that people just they've already so far into the story they don't really pay attention to those right. details on the first you go get, around <laughs> you get caught up in it and you just kind of go with it uh especially if you're a teenager caught up in the fantasy of the movie uh, i can't believe how many of these scenes there are these little like tender moments between characters though there's tons of it and most of it doesn't work. <laughs> oh, by the way, this is completely aside, but this is going to date this program forever. Um, you know, this coronavirus thing. There's this new thing going around with kids getting weird foot rashes. Yes. My kids both have foot rashes. No lie. We didn't know what the hell they were a couple of days ago. So now we're probably going to go have to take them to the doctors and get them tested. Oh, man. They were the weirdest thing and we couldn't figure it out. And then suddenly now we're finding out. <laughs> They've been fine otherwise, except for my son was wow. had a bad cold the other day. But yeah, this is a weird foot rash that we're like, where did they both get this? That is really strange. Yeah. It almost looks like the, it almost looks like tick bites on the bottoms of their feet, but they didn't get bit by ticks. I'm so glad the movie has us so engaged that we're talking about <laughs> foot rashes. <laughs> That's right. See, there's a lot of commentaries that go on out there, but the ones that, you know, this is going to rival the Steven Soderbergh, Lem Dobbs, uh, limey commentary, <laughs> which, by the way, is going to be on next month in Criterion Channel, uh -oh. and they're going to have the commentary, which is amazing. Man, I hope, uh, oh, we got 10 minutes left. We can do it. Mm. I kind of, I kind of hope that Ron O'Neill doesn't die because he's so cool. He's so super fly in this movie. He is. Maybe he should join up with the Wolverines. That would have been in the sequel. I'm pretty sure he gets killed. They're going to kill all the head villains. What is going on here? Is this a Wolverine? It's a invasion? final attack. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. That's probably where they, they were in the downtown preparing for the final stand. Ah! There was a guy with his arm on fire. 
It didn't know how to stop, drop, and roll. This was a cheaper way for them to get rid of the sets. <laughs> Break down the set. They shot this last. Oh. Okay. Do 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 do. Oh, Charlie Sheen's got his uh, Wolverine's <laughs> jacket. Under jacket. Under <laughs> <laughs> it's hilarious. These guys are such good soldiers. Yeah. Well, they learn quick. Well, he's so good at throwing grenades. Is it just these two guys? Are there any Wolverines left I'm not besides sure. them? Well, Leah Thompson, they Leah tucked Thompson her somewhere. somewhere. I feel like Patrick's way, the, there's no way he lives in this. And isn't it funny how I've seen this movie probably a good... And you can't remember I, who lives and dies. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think he's got to die. I think... Uh, I think Charlie Sheen must live and then Leah yep. Thompson. And Leah Thompson, yep. Yeah. Spoiler alert, I kind of knew one of the two girls lived. I just didn't remember which right. one it was. And I was pretty sure it was Leah Thompson. But you kind of, there's kind of no way around that, actually. I got to tell you, the, you got to see that movie, The Apple. <laughs> Cannon knew how to do cheese right. If anything, this movie is not cheesy enough. It's actually too well produced. I think that's actually true. Like, it's not... Yeah, if like this, if it was a little bit more over the top and a little bit cheesier, it would be like Roadhouse. Yeah, I mean, as we're discovering now, like there was a point where you know we can't even mystery science theater this thing because you know it's just not that corny. Right, there's not that much to make, and we've actually <laughs> found a way to like you know tie it into some interesting things, which I'm shocked, but I shouldn't be shocked <laughs> with your pedigree uh, and your knowledge and, and my uh, quick wit and humor. <laughs> <laughs> You know what is? I, I, I'm I'm continuously confused and baffled by this movie. Why are they shipping all their missiles out? Uh, well, maybe they're on retreat. I don't know. I mean, it's just a way to have an action scene. Most action things in films don't really have a purpose other than to have an action scene, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah. that's my my biggest problem with a lot of action movies is that there's no real reason for the action a lot of times. Right, and and some movies do pull it off where the action uh, is meaningful and has story and character development built into the action. Of course, uh, the th film that does this probably better than any is uh, Mad Max Fury Road. Th that That is a great example. Um, I was thinking of also uh, John Woo movies like The Killer yes. and Hard Boiled, where yeah. the action is like a ballet. Uh, it, it, it's a ballet, but it also like there's actual story happening in the action. Yeah. Like here we, here we have a story uh, moment. Oh, somehow he didn't. Oh, they both got. So where did Swayze get hit? Well, he's not dead yet, ghost but he will Swayze. be soon. You well, got to give him a in the sequel. He's a ghost. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, Ron yes. yes. says, "I'm gonna let you go." Because this guy has compassion. It's like too. Swayze's giving him the smolder. <laughs> yeah. Give him a salute. That would be that would be the cheese we need. Nope. You, you go. No, nope, just waves him on. 
Thanks. Oh, so Charlie Sheen died. Yeah. Uh, oh. I, I, I don't remember seeing him die. Yeah, he got shot in a mix. Disgust. <laughs> oh, man, he looks at his hands. I've had enough. There's blood on my hands. I've had enough war. What have I become? Who are we? That's probably the direction Milius was saying to him, because it was probably recorded without uh, Oh, voice. I remember this now. The park bench. I remember. It's like the end of uh, Cold War. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Smart oh, Ron O'Neill died in 2004? Oh. Oh, he was 66. I don't know. Oh, pancreatic cancer. Okay. At this point, we've had so many of these scenes, though. Yeah, I know, right. It's like a death scene for every character. For every character and where they're just holding on there. Now, this will be weird. If, I'm sure there'll be people that will listen to this and will not be watching the movie at the same time. And so they'll have like these moments where we don't say anything for 20, 30 seconds and they'll be like, this is weird. This is a weird episode. <laughs> yeah, because we stopped and just, okay, that's it. I like that shot. That oh. was nice. Okay, so here oh, we go. Oh, that kid, the youngest yeah. of the kids. Oh, he got uh, to take Leah through the woods. They're going to the Swiss Alps next. Yes. Singing, uh all they have to do is just, I mean, they Climb could have done mountain. this all along. They could have just, I mean, it's only 40 miles away. They could have just ridden their horses. Yeah. Where did the horses go? They go into the, <laughs> they're going to the special horse barn now. Yeah, I mean, seriously, like why not ride your horse across this giant field? Yeah. See, it's pretty open the, though. Across. That's why they would be hard to get across without, you know, oh, they're free. They made it. That's what. Free. Free. Yeah, baby. We're free. I wanted to see some American flags waving and stuff and like some, like a tailgating party. There's going to be some heroic last moment. Oh, there's a speech. Ah, the American flag. Partisan rock. <laughs> yep. I'm saluting right now, starring Patrick Swayze as Jed. C. Thomas Howell as Robert. I don't think I even knew his name in the whole movie. Leah Thompson, Erica. Didn't know her name. Charlie Sheen as Matt. Darren Dalton as Daryl. Jennifer Grey as Tony with an I. Yeah. Brad Savage as Danny. Okay. Ah, uh, Doug Toby is Ardvark. Okay. Wow. That, uh, we made it to our first uh, Netflix and Chill. I can't believe we made it. That was uh, that was an endurance test uh, for the last uh, oh. last part of that movie. Is just uh, it the movie? It just repeats itself over and over again. <laughs> yeah. It's like okay, we're gonna go on the attack. Uh, 
blow some people up. Maybe one of ours will die. Then we'll have a drawn out death scene. Then everything will be fine. And we'll have some little emotional moments. Then we have another action scene and it just goes on over and over like this. Yeah. Yeah. It was as good for you as it was for me. <laughs> oh, I'm done in, on Netflix. I got, I'm out of Netflix for some reason. Oh, I kicked it out. It, it, oh, okay. You know why? You because kicked it didn't, it out. Well, I kicked us out because we, the credits were going. I thought we'd do like a, a nice little after credits chart. And what does it do? It did what Netflix always does. It's just skip past the credits onto the next thing. Yeah. So I'm like, well, that's not going to be any good. And I'm like, you know, so it doesn't matter at this point. You know, hopefully, hopefully, if you if you stayed with us this long, I know. I got to feel this going to be a low rated episode because people are like, I don't even like Red Dawn. I'm not going to watch that and listen. To, and how am I going to listen to the commentary? I, I think that's what's going to throw people off the most. So I think there'll okay. Be, so this is an experiment. If you are a listener, let us know what you think. Yeah, uh, we can do more, <laughs> or can we, 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 we can, can do, do more, and we can definitely do a movie that maybe. Uh, uh, <laughs> well, I need suggestions. You know, this was a first. Yeah. I'm just, I'm just, I'm, I, I gotta say, I'm shocked at how lame Red Dawn was. I thought that's why we picked it. <laughs> well, I knew it was lame, but I didn't, when I guess I- When was the last I, time you saw the movie? Oh, it's been 30 years. Oh, no wonder you're so, so surprised. I kind of knew what I was getting into, but- uh, I didn't quite know what I was getting. I, I, I thought it was going to be more fun. I, I just want to point it out, though, this is sort of a thing where- I gave Teal a list of movies and I didn't tell him why. We could have picked a whole bunch of things. He picked this movie. Oh, I, I picked, picked it I, first, I'm, but you picked it second. I guess I just didn't realize that the movie was, I, I expected it to be cornier <laughs> and, and, and a little cheesier. And I expected it to be more fun. I don't know. Hopefully, we we added the fun. <laughs> well, we had the fun, but I but I think like I was I was surprised at how actually kind of boring the movie is. <laughs> well, in in parts it was just true. Yeah, in parts it yeah it it just uh, like I said it repeats itself. I feel like the story doesn't really progress very much. Okay, hey, look, you know we're not going to analyze Red Dawn anymore. We did that for two hours. <laughs> um, I'm going to give people back their lives, and uh, hopefully, again, we're not. We, you know, we, this may be the only one we ever do, uh, or we might do more. It's really up to you, the audience. You have to tell us whether or not this was awesome. This was stupid. <laughs> This is something you completely skipped, uh, but, uh, you know, give us some feedback, yeah, feedback at stuff we've seen dot com and let us know how you enjoyed this episode. It was certainly uh, fun to sit there and watch it again. <laughs> it certainly was. <laughs> All right. Uh, till the next time when we have a regular episode and we'll. OK. Who knows? We'll probably be back to Academy Awards. <laughs> All right. Goodbye, everybody. Bye bye. All right.